Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is Clint Romer back with a, another episode of Warriors Pulse on the Pulse Podcast Network. Bam, 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 bam. What's good, my people? Hope you all had a great week. Thanks for checking back in with me. And I want to give a special shout out to all the feedback that was given uh, through my DMs and from family about letting me know how I can make my show better. Obviously, that was the first episode. No guests, little monotone, lack the energy. That's not what I'm about. That's not what this podcast is going to be about. Um, I'll be having guests, guests on guests. Just I hope I'm hoping to get at least two guests a show, but I'll be pumping out so many so many episodes that at minimum one, minimum one. Because who just wants to hear me talk for forty minutes? I mean, maybe some of you, but this audio doesn't come with video which is really what would entice the rest of the viewers and listeners. So without that, we'll try to keep this as entertaining as possible. That being said, we have a good show today. Um, another short one. First guest, Trey Lede from the Today with Trey show. We'll be talking about uh, the OKC game. He is an OKC fan. I wanted to get him on the show before we played, and that would have been fantastic. I mean, if I could have just sat there and clipped all the shit that he was talking and then was able to replay it throughout this week. Oh, oh God. I mean, I think the only thing better was having my friend Kyle watching the game with me from Oklahoma with his wife. I mean, you'll hear Trey's, Trey's uh, testimonial today, but within the first five to six minutes, I'm seeing Kyle go from a nice – whiskey drunk to an angry whiskey drunk and <laughs> the eyes were not getting away from the tv just, don't even talk to me don't even talk to me so that's one of the biggest reasons i love talking this rivalry okc warriors it's just the passion that each of us brings so i'll be able to throw a few jabs at trey and his okc thunder after we whoop that ass on saturday looking forward for you guys hearing that uh, we'll be touching on the Minnesota game from last night. Solid, solid showing by just about everybody. Um, what this means for our playoff roster, Jarebko's big minutes, McKinney's big minutes, they both look great. Um, it, it's, it's kind of the writing's kind of on the wall for Damian Lee that, you know, he touched on in that, that first episode. So we'll go ahead and get this star, get the show rolling and start giving you that content that you, the fans, deserve. So right after this break, uh, we will hop into Minnesota, talk about some of these warrior milestones that we saw last night, um, and then hop into OKC and then Indiana. All right, yep. we'll be right back. Did it happen in one day? Nope. Came a long way? Yeah. Never know what kind of angle? Nope. Crossover, break your ankle? Yeah. Sloppy with the rock? Nope. Steph Curry with the shot? Yeah. All right, people, we are back and we are talking Minnesota before we get to uh, OKC and welcome our first guest and talk about Indiana. So, Dub Nation, I know you loved that game last night. I mean, it was only a 10-point victory, but it, it felt like it could have been 20. Um, besides that first half, obviously, you know, we had, we had to get the boys rolling a little bit. And we can attribute that to who other than the Splash Bros. 
I mean, did KD even play last night? I mean, I'm asking you, did KD play? I know he did, but that's how – I don't want to say ineffective, but that's – when Steph and Clay are doing what they're doing and then Jarebko hits like three or four threes off the bat, we're, we're proving that we, we don't need Kevin. We want to bring without him. We could probably win another one without him too. But we can get to that at a different, you know, different part of the show, different episode. For now, we want KD on the team because we want to secure this three-peat. You know what I'm talking about. But he didn't have a good night. He shot – well, I mean, theoretically, he shot seven for 13. That's over 50%. That's pretty solid. But anytime you see KD under 20 points, I, I believe there was a 2015 or 2016, the year – that they lost in the Western Conference Finals to us, Kevin had one or two games throughout the entire year that were under 20 points. So we may not see this a lot, and like I said, we can attribute that to the Splash Bros. I mean, when we got Clay and Steph shooting 50% from three combined, obviously Steph's was a little higher, shooting eight, eight for 14, God damn. then – not a lot of people need to do much else besides play a little defense. So, well, uh, we're going to touch on these Warrior milestones that we saw last night and and see what this means for our playoff roster uh, with Jarebko and, and McKinney. So, let's, let's dive right into it. Draymond. I mean, I've been talking a lot of shit on Draymond. <laughs> I have. It's been a basis of what I've started to create the the buzz of Cousins around is – Cousins is here. Maybe we don't need Draymond. Draymond's that physical presence that we need at our four and five. But with having Boogie there with a true center, with arguably a better skill set, definitely a better shot, um, which obviously was evidence last night, Draymond going on too. But we all know Boogie can shoot the threes. He just fits in seamlessly with our offense. Boogie coming here, does that make Draymond less effective? I think it kind of does, but hey, Draymond was reminding us why he is a perennial, almost NBA, all defensive first team type of guy. Defensive player of the year. These are the games you remember. Four blocks, 10 rebounds, nine assists, only five points. We were almost at triple-double triple double green. He did go 0 for 3 from 3 uh, because he did have those those two or three threes in San Antonio. So Traymon was trying to make an appearance. But we all know if you don't hit that first or second one, call it quits. We do not want to see Traymond taking threes anytime after the first half, especially, especially if he missed his first one. <laughs> but I do remember Fitz and JB giving us a stat which – was proved incorrect because we did lose to San Antonio. That I think the Warriors were seven and zero on the season when Draymond scores over two threes. That obviously is now seven and one. But I think the overall record since he's came to the Bay, obviously drafted him, um, is like a hundred and seventy and twenty or something like that. Like something ridiculous. Like whenever Draymond's hitting threes, we're winning the game. And it's not, it's not hard to think why, because everyone else is usually on. I mean, that, that's the dubs. So, Steph, Clay, what a show. I mean, this wasn't the 70-foot 
three-pointer, that step shot in San Antonio, but we lost that game. I don't even want to think about that game. Even though that shot it was sweet, I would love to see the replay and watch it on a loop 150 times. But what do great shooters do? They come back the next day and they are lights out. And that's what we saw with Clay in the first half. Um, 0 for 8 San Antonio first half. Turned that around by hitting his first couple shots and was looking like crazy Clay. Clay put up 28, Steph put up 36. Uh, they shot a combined 23-42 from the field. Damn. Damn. That's why KD only had 17 and we still won. Well, that and Dredko, Jonas, the Sweden. I mean, if, if, if you were going to tell me that Jarebko was going to hit his first three threes in nine minutes, then I would tell you you were full of shit. <laughs> I would even think Jarebko was going to play last night. But Bogut only played 13 minutes. Looney looked decent. Looney had a plus 13, plus or minus. That's fantastic. And, and these are the times that we're looking to, to round out the playoff roster and give some of these guys a chance with that first unit to prove their minutes. Jarebko making the most of his minutes, nine points in nine minutes, or 14 points in nine minutes, excuse me, three from three. That was it, three for three, 14 points in nine minutes. He only had an extra four points the last, the last nine minutes, but he's a hustler. That's what he does. Uh, between him, McKinney, Cook, D. Lee, Make the most of your minutes. Be aggressive. And what, what Jonas said um, when he was being interviewed yesterday is stay ready so you don't have to get ready. And that's a mindset that a lot of the veterans have and a lot of the young kids have that they need to produce when they're out there. So I think it was positive to see Jarebko doing that. I still um, – he definitely will be on the playoff roster. It's just more of the rotational – Minutes. Who do we give these minutes to now that Andrew's back? Um, between Bell, Jarebko, Looney, obviously it's going to be coming off matchups and in-game scheme and who can guard who better. Obviously, Kerr's been doing this all year, getting ready for the playoffs. So to see Jonas be able to show a little offensive production on top of his rebounding ability – Shit, I know we're not going to get that every night, but you get that one of three nights, and that's almost a guaranteed victory. Um, and another another good player that, that was looking good, albeit 0 from 5 from the field, is McKinney in those 16 minutes. Nine rebounds, two blocks, plus 13 plus or minus rating. For those who don't know what the plus or minus is, it's about the second that man is on the court where that point spread goes to. He went on the court in his 15, 16 minutes that he played. His team had an average, or not an average, was a, had a point differential of 13 points while he played. That's solid. Looney, the plus 13. Just looking at our bench right now, Igudala, plus 20. We know that. He makes everybody better. But like Bogut, there's a reason why he only played those 13 minutes. He was minus nine. He had three quick fouls, which were – some of them were bullshit. I mean, anytime you're guarding Cat, he's one of those post-type players that 
kind of eats on centers, eats on everyone, everyone really. And, and he'll draw the fouls. He's good at that. So I just think obviously Kerr obviously thought too that stylistically a combination of Jarebko and Looney were going to be a better play on Cat throughout the game. And all the, I know they did start coming back in the third quarter a bit, but all you need to do is have Curry go off for 22 points in the third quarter. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what you're doing. God, that is fun to watch. And I don't think I'm ever going to get over that. In, in that game, obviously, in the streak, in that 22 points he had in his third quarter, Curry, milestone, another one. And I don't think we'll ever get sick about talking about records and milestones and things that the greatest shooter of all time will be continuing to break throughout the next, what, 10 years that he plays this game. But this is the third straight season that he's hit over 300 threes. I think, oh, was it two years ago? He was over 400, then 308 last year. And just like that, it's already over 300. Things up to 302 now, maybe 303. That's just impressive. I mean, it's nothing new to us. We just kind of expect it, but goddamn. All right, Steph, cool it a little bit, dude. I mean, we're not at home, bro. Like, can you save some of this energy from when we play Indiana? So you kind of solve those home team entertainment woes? We'll get to that as well on the tray. That's a whole nother thing. It's like, yeah, we should go to Indiana tomorrow and blow them out, but we haven't been blowing anybody out at home. So we wasting all of our good shots on bad people or what's going, <laughs> what's going on? Um, so with McKinney's good play, Drebko's big minutes, Quinn Cook staying aggressive over the last couple games. He had 14 minutes, five points, three assists, a rebound. Wish I, saw, I wish he was a little bit more aggressive. He did throw out four threes. But this is the writing on the wall. Like I've said now, and I'll say it again, Damian Lee is not making the playoff roster. Uh, I, I did make a case for him last week about being that wing defender that's has a little more offensive skill set than McKinney, albeit less than Cook, that he could have a chance to, to play some solid defense down the stretch and, and earn a spot. So, no, I don't think that the decision's made already. There's a couple games of the season left, and Kerr's going to be doing whatever he can to figure out the best rotation going into playoffs. But these 10 to 15 minutes these guys are playing – I know it doesn't seem big to us, but it's huge to them. This is depending or not whether they're going to make the, the playoff roster. And I know D Damian Lee with being Steph Curry's brother-in-law, I'm sure that whole family wants him too, but I also just think it's not going to happen. Um, I, I want Bell to be on there. Bell's been kind of phased out of the rotation a little bit. He's going to be out there. We need that energy. We need that shot blocking. Looney's been great. It's McKinney's rebounding that I think is the biggest upside and really the biggest positive for him to be on that playoff roster. It's nine rebounds in 60 minutes, and we all know Warriors can't rebound. Like, every time we lose, every time we even get dominated on the board by these big centers, it's because we cannot rebound. And it's the offensive rebounds that screw us. 
we usually don't need to get offensive rebounds, so we just hit it. We just hit every three, or we have Looney or, or Bogut and Cousins now. Thank God that can knock him back out to us. But we're not used to having a true center, so we're not used to rebounding, and we're used to getting dominated in the paint. But shit, not any more. Not anymore. So, <laughs> oh man, I'm. I'm getting pumped, dude. And so I'm pulling up the, the, the team stats from the game last night. I know it helps when Minnesota shoots 25% from threes. I'm just looking at this the rebounds here, trying to make the point. Yeah, Minnesota, 59. Out-rebounded out us 59 to 51. And out-offensive rebounded us 13 to 8. So that was obviously with McKinney. No cousins. Cousins eats up so many rebounds. That is going to help us out so, like so much down the stretch. And that's one of the underrated things, uh, impacts that I believe cousins will have throughout the postseason, considering the talent of and cornucopia of fucking big men that we're going to be seeing throughout this Western Finals. This is definitely the most painstaking and scary trip to hopefully another championship that we've had in the last couple of years. So it's, it's going to be a fun ride to, to tell you the truth, but look for Kerr to continue to roll out these young guys, figure out who's going to be with us down the stretch. I'm thinking McKinney. I think that defense offensive, um, our defense and offensive rebounding and rebounding ability is going to earn him a spot and not only earn him a spot, hopefully he can give us some solid minutes. Um, and oh shoot, I know we were talking about Draymond, but I don't know if I I talked about his milestone. I've been I've been talking so much shit on this guy for the last two three weeks, predicating like I said earlier my cousin's argument around that efficiency. I was thinking Draymond was a little overweight. He's just not having the season that I sure as hell wanted him to. So it's I think. Or the whole Bay Area. I mean, he looks slower. He looks a little out of shape. It's the turnovers, the fumbling, the bumbling, fucking Butterfinger Green out here. But last night, he looked great. Um, he reminded reminded me, especially with Cousins being out, that this is why he is so effective, and this is why he does what he does. So one of the milestones that, that Dre had last, last night is he passed Eric Sleepy Floyd – on seventh all-time of the Warriors assist leaders. That's pretty solid. For a power forward, been here six years. Come on, man. Like, and this, that just attributes to his, pass, his natural passing ability, but that was one thing that I was always getting on, getting on him about this year is, you are such a good passer. What's going on? The passes have not looked good, not looked crisp, and you're turning the ball over. Thank God for games like last night. Makes me eat my words a little bit. I'll shut up. Draymond played 33 minutes and had a plus 15, plus or minus. Almost had a triple-double and had four blocks. He still led the team in turnovers of four, but four blocks? That's my dude. And I, I'm just getting excited now, seeing, thinking about Draymond playing it at this higher level that he just showed in this one game. Hopefully he can carry this on. It's all about momentum. If he can play like this next to Cousins down low, oh, 
or with Bogut or whoever, come on. Like, come on. At that point, I would not be worried about this road to the Western Finals, like I just said. Draymond plays the way that we know he can play with the addition of Bogut, even though we didn't get anybody off the bench or um, a free agency to help scoring off the bench. We're looking at another 3 P. Yes, we are. And I'm not getting – you hear that? I'm a big, I'm a big uh, wood knocker. Even if I think about something, I'll give it the wood. I will hit another knock of wood to counteract the first thought of the wood while you're thinking about knocking on wood. That makes sense? Yep. Get you thinking. <laughs> but uh, what we're gonna have to we're gonna have to wait and see. Obviously. So great game, great road trip. Three and one coming off that. That's exciting. Uh, we have Indiana on Thursday. Pacers are no slouch. Um, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. And then after that, we will have our first guest at Trey Lede 23, host of the Today with Trey show, one of my best friends. He will be on here talking a little bit of that OKC game as a Thunder fan and then give me a non-biased opinion on what he's thinking this Indiana game is going to look, look like. And my thoughts, I mean, Pacers are a good team. But, hey, we're playing at home. And you know what that means lately. We may underperform. So this is a time to buck that trend. And it all starts with some positive energy and breaking down this next matchup. So once we get back, we'll break down OKC Pacers and have our first guest on the show. All right, peeps. Have you been searching for the best ticket deals around? Well, look no further. With TixFlix, the price you see is the price you pay. And TixFlix just happens to have over $6 billion in ticket inventory just waiting for you. They absolutely mean it when they say every ticket, every venue, everywhere. And you can save even more with promo code PULSE in all caps to save you 5% off your total purchase. Just go to TixFlix.com and click the search bar. Search events based on your geographic location. Pick the show you want, and bam, it's showtime. Sporting events, Broadway shows, concerts, and more with TickFlix.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for the email newsletter so you can stay up to date on the latest news and savings with TickFlix. That's TickFlix.com. T-I-X-B-L-I-T-Z.com. Every ticket, every venue, everywhere. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And we have our first host on the Warriors Pulse fucking show. What's good, Trailer Day? What's good, everybody? You guys are very familiar with the man. This is my co-host uh, for his show that he created at Today with Trey. You're seeing our, our bracket that we're pumping out for March Madness, which at this point in time is already over. I hope you got in. We'll be trying to win a free jersey. Um, I'm bringing Trey on the show today to give me some non-biased opinions about this Pacers matchup, this OKC beatdown, and then a little bit of a, a Golden State futures for Draymond Cousins. Who do we think is more essential? So, fuck it, dude. OKC, man, what happened? What happened on Saturday? They didn't make a shot all day. <laughs> not just Westbrook or the team? Just Westbrook was the entire team, dude. Like, they did not shoot the ball at all. And I was like, I started watching it, like, the first five minutes. And then they had – Jeremy Grant had 
what should have been an one could totally reverse to a no basket. And I was like, as soon as that happened, I was like, I don't want to watch this game. Anymore. <laughs> That's a classic OKC theory, bro. It's the first quarter and you guys were ready to just throw in the towel. It was literally the first four minutes of the game. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's one thing if you don't call it. Cause the foul should have been on Draymond Green, like that much is certain. And then, okay, you don't call a foul, fine, whatever. They reviewed it because they thought it might have been a flagrant on Jamie Grant. All right, fine, whatever. But we did all this just to come to the conclusion that, ah, it's not a flagrant foul, but it's an offensive foul on Jeremy Grant, so no basket. <laughs> what the hell are you guys doing? That was – and I was cracking up because, you know, first of all, anytime that I'm seeing anyone else, especially Draymond, Steph, KD, someone else – getting questioned about offensive foul or a flagrant or a technical, especially in this matchup in OKC, I was like, oh, there's no way that they're going to call it on them, dude. We're screwed. I'm like, oh, offensive foul. All right. Jake Grant, let's go. And I was I mean, like, are, are you guys kidding me? <laughs> Four minutes in. And you already knew. And if, if you guys checked out my Twitter, um, the way I know Trey, five years of the same group chat, um, one of my buddies, Kyle, from Oklahoma, was actually in California making the trip with his wife, met, me, uh, met up with some uh, from barbecue, some beers, hoping to see a great game, you know, stacking fan duels, getting some bets. Um, obviously, I was on the Warrior side of that, but even I rostered Wes, uh, Westbrook in my shit. So let's just say Kyle was a night and day. Night and day, bro. I mean, he had that. He's the Oklahoma, happy go lucky, super nice. And by halftime, bro, he was like, "Don't even fucking talk to me, bro." <laughs> I'd have been the same way, dude. We definitely like we lost, like you know, by like five, whatever. Went down to the wire. We got smacked. You got waxed. Exactly. <laughs> waxed. <laughs> So, I mean, that itself, that for, for a Warrior fan, that was awesome to see. I know that sucked for you guys. That also gave – was that the game that Russ got the, got the technical to give him the suspension? Yeah, that's when he got the 16th technical and he got suspended from the Monday night game. And if you, and if you were looking at Thunder Twitter, it was, like, it was like post-apocalyptic, like, what is going on with our team? Like – like, Russ doesn't have the biggest possible impact when he's on the floor. I was like, just chill out. Um, it's it's an overreaction. I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy because it's like everybody – like, Russell Westbrook had it like – is like a historically awful shooting season. But then – Stat chaser. <laughs> but the metrics are like, you know what? Whatever Russell, whatever Russell's doing, he needs to keep doing it. Except the shooting part, but everything else, keep doing what you're doing. My question was like, you know, we, we've been hearing about PG MVP, respect PG MVP. When you got somebody, your other star and Westbrook not making those shots, and you need somebody else to step up at that biggest time, why wasn't PG dropping them 40 points a game? Uh, He's been getting to 40. He just didn't get them on Monday night. <laughs> I mean, not Monday night, but uh, Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday night. He just didn't get it on Saturday night. He shot nine of twenty-five from the floor. It was like, like nobody shot higher than forty-two percent from the floor. Nerlens Noel shot fifty percent, but he only shot two shots. He and, shot thirty-two percent as a team. And what, and what can we attribute to that? 
Clamps. Clamps. They showed, I know you won't be happy, they did show some stats about Clay covering Westbrook. Clamps. And there's a reason why Paul George went 9 for 25 when he got the Durantula in his gangly-ass arms covering you, too. Well, Dre Dre, that's all you got to do. I care about Draymond. <laughs> well, we'll get to Draymond. <laughs> and we already touched on uh, the Minnesota game in our earlier segment with Jarebko's big minutes, what this means for our playoff roster. But next on the board, homestand, Indiana. They've been playing some good basketball, and they're not, they're not really a team that I want to take lightly. So I, I do know that once Oladipo went down, we had the conversation on our show. Please remind the listeners of what we call that. Well, Today with Trey podcast. At Today with Trey. Find us on Twitter. <laughs> Find us on Twitter. We, we knew. I mean, we've seen these pieces coming together throughout the year, even with Victor's poor play, because he really wasn't playing that well in the first half of the season. It was the last two or three weeks before he bursted his kneecap that that fool was on fire. So once he went down, all the Indiana fans, the world is ending. It's like, hey, y'all need to relax a little bit. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but you guys got a quality team that you're still pumping out wins, and you guys are fourth in the East. So if you want a chance to do anything in the postseason, Victor's not there. You have to figure out a way to get it going. And what was that? They, they lost their first four games, and then I think they won like nine straight. Yeah. They lost like the first four games, and it's it was kind of be, to be expected because like you lose, especially in the way they lost Victor over Depot. It's like, okay, it's kind of like a gut punch, but then you kind of, you know, gather yourself back up. Total gut punch. Games. But, um, yeah, I mean, you talked about this on the other show. We were like, I mean, they may have lost Victor and Deeper, but they're still a pretty good team. The only problem would just be when they get to the playoffs, um, you know, star power wins games in the playoffs, and, like, you just don't have Victor and Deeper, so you're kind of screwed there. But, I mean, their fourth seed standing isn't a shocker. It's not, I guess, for, you know, how the East has kind of, you know, gauged and moved forward, but – they got they got that young those young guys like the Miles Turner. Well, I guess I would call Corey Joe somewhat young, but more like Sabonis. Um, Sabonis. Yeah, Sabonis and Turner, like some two solid squads that you got. And honestly, Potion Bogdanovich, bro, if if that dude's not dropping twenty five a game, they're catching an L. Yeah, they definitely need Bogdanovich to, you know, hit shots. I remember I still I still remember that playoff game he had against the Cavaliers last year. Lights out. He was lights out. He was lighting them up. And they still lost the series. They still lost the series. And this dude's been doing that since Victor went down on a consistent basis. And he's been I won't say I mean he's always gonna be underrated. I mean, especially when you have, you know, the other Bogdanovich in Sacramento coming up big time. Uh, but that Darren Collison, Corey Joseph, Tyreek Evans, Sabonis, Thaddeus Young, they have length and they, they do play well within their system enough to give the Warriors some trouble. So yeah. we don't have the line out yet. I'm assuming since it's at home, Warriors have been hot coming off the three and one road trips. I'm assuming it's to be about six points, maybe seven. It'll be single digits for sure. 
it'll be single digits for sure. I mean, give me your non-biased opinion on how bad you think the Warriors are going to scrape. I think <laughs> I think if they don't I think if the Pacers don't survive that third quarter, which goes for pretty much every team in the NBA when they go to Oakland, if you don't survive that third quarter, you're gonna last by like 15, 20 points. Fucking call Mr. Miyagi, call Danielson, you get in your car to the detailer and you gonna get waxed. waxed. <laughs> now. They survived the third quarter. Now they were talking a different ball game. It might be, you know, five to ten point game, you know, kind of like one of those games that you got to win it down the stretch. But yeah. if they don't survive it, yeah, you're getting waxed. You're getting waxed. And, you know, that's that's what I immediately think about. But what's happened in this common trend is Warriors are losing games at home. Warriors have lost a, a lot of their last couple games uh, against a, a, a hardenless Houston. Boston by 30, Phoenix yeah. at home. Boston. Yeah, I was at the Houston-Boston game. Thank God I wasn't at the fucking Suns game. I would have flipped my shit. But we are having this tendency to not play well at home. What the fuck? We have the best fans of the nation, one of the best home court advantages because of how our stadium is built. We're not going down this road. We're not doing it. We're going to get this win at home. And we're going to stop buck this trend right now. We'll see. <laughs> that's all I can say. All right. Hey. We'll that, see. That's fair enough, dude. And that's, The Pacers are what? They're, they're 17 and 19 on the road, so that helps too. That's win this game. I mean, looking at splits, that definitely does help. Um, and especially with this momentum that the Dubs got, give the fans at home – Something to look forward to. Give them a game to have fun at. Drop 140. Look what we just did on the road. Curry's fucking hitting shots from 70 feet out from the other person's free throw line, just about. Um, yeah, but you still lost to the Spurs, though. Yeah, okay. Let's cool it, buddy. We're not. <laughs> See, this is what I would expect from a non biased <laughs> fuck. AKA, you know, they say they're non-biased, but at the same time, whenever you're anybody, any other fan, you hate Golden State. I mean, especially the last couple of years. So, I'm so sick of them winning. I'm gonna be totally honest with you. Whatever, dude. Same with everybody was sick of the Spurs winning their three P. Everyone was sick of the Lakers winning, Boston winning. That's what happens for Dynasty. Boston only won once, so that's they didn't. They don't. They don't count. I'm talking about 80s, 90s. This is a common trend for dynasties <laughs> that win championships. Not even in the 90s, because they remember. Remember the tweet. Remember tweet that did numbers. They only got one title since like 86. <laughs> the tweet that did numbers. Yeah. And we're gonna have to bring on Celtics Pulse and you guys, so you guys can talk about that. That sounds pretty fun. They only got one title since 86, and there ain't no winning going on in Boston. Damn. We might have to put that in the bio for our next. Our next episode, just to get the fans all fucking wild up. <laughs> They're already going crazy with the Harper versus Mookie comparison that I was blasting out. I'm so sick of Boston fans hijacking my polls. <laughs> God, dude, like the Boston homie like, retweets it once, then all of a sudden his feed just starts fucking <laughs> hating, raining down. Blatant hijacking of my polls. <laughs> I feel like I feel like Russia's involved. <laughs> they could be bro you never know but shit trey thanks for coming on the show quick little segment 
Um, you will be a frequent and returning guest, obviously, as we continue to do our own show. So stick around, people. We got some more up on the episode, and we'll be back after these messages. Later, guys. See you next time. Yeah.